0: I'm just going to uh, read the scripture for today. It's Colossians 1, 21 to 29. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that powerfully works within me. Bab. Thank you. Thank
1: you. There's just a bit of giggling going on because I'm not known for brevity. <laughs> um, and we're now, <laughs> and as Paul Glenny left, he said to me, good luck with your time management. <laughs> Absolutely, and I felt almost that Nigel had preached the preach, Um, so it's sorted. But actually, God has a message for us today, Um, and I feel quite overcome by the Spirit. I I really do through the worship. And so, when when it was published um, online, Twitter, Facebook, Andy sent, sent me a text saying, "You know, what is it about this week?" Um, and I didn't see it, and I sent something back um, an hour later. And he said, "Well, it's a bit too late. I've already done it." <laughs> and actually, the picture I had in my head was the picture that he published, <laughs> so I've used it. So we on Colossians, um, we're in Colossians, and we know we're doing a, a whole thing. And why is this not moving? And we're going to be doing Colossians for about twelve weeks. Yeah. So while we get that moving, what I, I'd like to do is just show you, and it'll make sense at the end. Do you want to show? My, yeah, the first one. Um, and, and Becky's helping me here. Um, the end of the service is all about frames and putting things into perspective and putting things into, into place. Yeah, reconciling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she hasn't got a number either. Um, reconciling. Our lives and putting things into place that should be in place. And this painting, I was given this painting um, for my 21st birthday. And I actually didn't like it. Do you want to walk away? And I really didn't, it was a bit dark and a bit, and it was an aunt of mine had had sent me this painting. And um, I'm now 55, so you do the maths, it's fairly old. But about a year ago, I was sort of wandering around the house and I thought, oh, I really should do something with this painting and I went online and I, I looked up the artist and there's a story to the artist. My, my aunt is a doctor in Canada. Um, she did a lot of work on the reservations, um, Indian, first, first Americans or natives, whatever they call them in, in America. And she'd come across this guy called Henry Baudry. And Henry Baudry was an alcoholic, um, but he painted. So my aunt being my aunt um, became his patron and started exhibiting his stuff, etc. And Henry Baudry now is a very famous Canadian painter. Last year, I was looking through things, and I thought, oh, this silly old painting. <laughs> you know, hmm, I wonder what it's about. And I've never liked it. You know, it, it's, you know it's dark. It's, it's heavy. But I went online, looked up Henry Baudry, and my jaw just dropped. Because this silly old painting that I'd actually never looked after that had just been sort of hung on a wall, and actually, at some points, never even hung on a wall because I didn't like it. Is worth four thousand pounds. No, that's why Becky is holding it, and I said you got it with your life. So what? What did I do? Yeah, I rushed out, and I've 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 got it in a frame. <laughs> no one touched my painting. Yeah. So thirty years. Yeah, sell it. Thirty years. Painting had actually never taken its rightful place. And I've been told I should actually die because Henry O. Baudry is now about 90. It, you know, should double, <laughs> double in value when, when, when he passes. Um. <laughs> we'll, we'll help Help him along. <laughs> so yeah, so perhaps if you could get the plastic one in there. So so that's my Henry Baudry painting. No. <laughs> so huge value. Yeah. Yeah. And this sort of led me to thinking, well, I've actually got all these photographs around the house. But I then decided, well, I need to actually cherish these things and, and put them in packages and make sure that they are safeguarded for the future. So do you want to take one down there? Yeah. So um, I, I, it doesn't really show the value of my son, that's, that's David, um, as a little boy, but I just thought actually I quite like that really cheap plastic frame because it displays David's angelic cherub look and I just think it's, it's really cute. So I then thought, well, actually, I'd been given um, years ago another sort of a, a really fancy silver frame. And so that's my other son. And I thought, oh, that would be nice for Mitchell. So if I had to say to you, which frame, which picture has the most value... Hmm? (laughs) Okay It's difficult But actually these two do These two do These two do Because these are in my heart And these are love And these can never be replaced Never ever be replaced But God has restored the picture to the frame Thank you Becky Let's just put these away can you just get that off, Nigel, please. <laughs> okay, so let's go to Colossians and you'll see hmm? oh, one. So I'm going to gallop through, so we've been through the, just the first chapter of Colossians, all things are reconciled through Christ. Peace with God wasn't free. we Christ paid a price for this, um, so that we can be presented before the throne of God, holy, whole, and innocent. This age-old mystery revealed through Christ has been made manifest in us, in all of us, that Christ is in us, and he's the hope of glory, and we carry that in us. And when we look at the the passage that was read earlier on, um, we are made perfect in Christ, And I know this week I have felt less than perfect. I've actually felt quite broken. I felt very tired. I felt a bit confused about things. Um, I've got into some major mega debates with some prophetic forums (laughs) over the EU. Because, you know, God says this and this. And I'm saying, well, I don't think God actually, you know, has a view on the EU (laughs) other than the heart of man and whether we're being nice to each other. Um, So there's been a lot of sort of uh, friction and But I had to remind myself that actually I am made perfect in Christ. And I carry this love, this mystery within my heart. Um, And when we look at verse 21, it's what I'm going to zone in a bit. Even now he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present me holy, unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. And essentially, these are the two privileges that we have as believers in Jesus. We have remission of sin. Means it's gone. The shame and the guilt and bad thoughts and maybe you've never done a bad thing in your life. But you know what? It's gone. The past is gone through Christ Jesus. And then to me, the most exquisite part is because of that, we have access to the creator of the entire universe. We have access to the very throne of God. And I just think those are two huge privileges and are the basics of our belief that Christ died, he's risen, he's going to come again but because of that i am made whole and perfect perfect in his sight and i think that is a really important thing to get hold of <coughs> this all this whole verse this thinking actually goes back to leviticus to the old testament where there were the peace offerings, which were often given at celebratory times. A lot of celebration to do with um, the peace offerings. And I'm not going to go in, there's a whole lot. If you read through Leviticus 3 and 4, it's not dry, it's actually very interesting. <laughs> but God had set for the Israelites, the Hebrews, a way of confessing their sin, sacrificing, so that the priest could enter the Holy of Holies. Yep. And within that, there is the sin offering, where whether it was a priestly sin, so whether the leadership team, Nigel and co, committed some sin, (laughs) okay, God said for the priests, if they commit a sin, that is unintentional. So it's not like I'm going to wake up today, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be an adulterer, I'm going to murder. That's fairly intentional. But often we do things that are unintentional, that actually do offend God. And it could be a range of things. I don't want to go into the sort of detail of it. But we can unintentionally sin, offend God, offend our brothers and sisters in Christ. And God had laid out this law that for priests, for congregational sin, where a church A group of people had sinned, perhaps against the neighborhood, you know, um, picking fights with other people, and then the individual sin. And in each one of them, God says, you present, if you've done this unintentional sin, you present an animal of some form. There's cows, there's goats, there's sheep, okay, depending on, on, on where it falls into. And you lay hands on the animal. And by laying hands and confessing your sin, by saying this, this, and this I did, I'm now sorry, the lamb took on the sin, it was then slaughtered, the priest would dip his finger in it, and then sprinkle it around the blood, okay, but gruesome. They would then burn the carcass on the altar as an offering to God. And then the priest could enter the presence of God. There's a lot of detail in it. And I I would encourage you um, to have a look at it. Because it makes so much sense when we look at it for today. The good news Number one, we don't have to come on a Sunday with our perfect dove, our perfect lamb, our perfect goat, possibly a cow. Number one, I know Bromley would go bananas, okay, Bromley Council, as parading goats and sheep through, and I'm sure Lewisham wouldn't appreciate it. So, we have Jesus. We have Jesus. He died. He bled. His hands had nails through them. He is the Lamb that took away the sin of the world. Not just the priests, not just the congregation, not just the individual. But He took all of that into His hand. And he bled, he died. So that we may enter the presence of God, be made perfect. But the good news, and you'll see how this starts to come together, is that if you look in John 13, and I love this passage where Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples the night before he died, like we were having communion the night before he died, washing the feet. Peter says, oh, I don't want you to wash my feet no, Lord, you can't do that. Jesus says, no, shut up, I'm doing it. Starts to wash his feet. And Jesus says to him, "Um, actually, just by washing your feet, you are made whole from head to toe. You actually, because Peter says, oh, wash me head from toe, sort of let me, you know, dunk in the water. And Jesus says, no, all you got to do is wash your feet. Because you are already washed in the blood of the Lamb. You are already saved. Yeah? If we then go on another um, one, and this is the good news for today, is the power of the blood. And again, if, if, you, if you want to see the interpretation of the Leviticus stuff, if you read Hebrews, especially 9 and 10, It really explains how the stuff from Leviticus translates into today, okay? But what I love in here is a scripture. Hebrews 10. Um, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. He who promised is faithful. So you see, this work has all been done the bloodletting, Christ crucified. We accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He makes us perfect in the sight of God so that we can access God. We can access the inner court. We can access the heavenlies because the the work has been done. But there are times For those unintentional sins. Those quiet moments where we say, Lord, sprinkle my conscience with your blood. Cleanse me once again. And I've heard some amazing preachers on this. And I just love this one, um, Bob Sorge, is one of my favorites. And he actually does a whole sort of... (coughs) nine CD series on the sprinkling of the blood. And he says, you know, there are times when he feels so down, so broken, so alone, so whatever, sinful. And he says, Jesus, sprinkle me with your blood. Just cleanse my conscience. And he says, almost immediately in the spirit, he knows that he is there, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, encompassing him, holding him, encouraging him, because we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus died for the remission of sins to make us perfect in the sight of God. So no matter what you have done in life, no matter where you are in life, Jesus, sprinkle me with your blood. And immediately you are ushered into the presence of God, perfect, whole, unblameable. Now I think that is awesome. I think that is awesome, that when we are broken, when we're confused, perhaps when we've committed those unintentional sins, that's the good news, just with a sprinkling of the blood saying, Jesus, I can come into your presence. Perfect. Perfect. Without blemish. The old sort of evangelical and Pentecostal churches, there's a lot of old-fashioned hymns. And um, whenever, when I go and see my mom, um, as you know, she's in sort of stage four of Alzheimer's and can't remember anything except some of these old hymns. And it's become quite a thing, the staff... And giggle because one way I can communicate with my mother is sitting with an old hymn book and we start singing we sing all the old Sunday school songs and the old all the army songs and the two of us and she she grins from ear to ear she laughs and you can just sense the Holy Spirit just ministering to her spirit And this is one of her favorites. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And you know, church, when we have accepted Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can say, yes. And amen. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. This is very old-fashioned preaching. <laughs> but we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Our garments have been made spotless. And we have access to the heart of God, to the very throne of God. It was written centuries ago in Leviticus. And we were separated for God, from God because of sin in the garden but he's saying there's a way back there's a way back and it is through the blood of my son Jesus so no more do we have to put our hands on the lamb and the lamb goes for slaughter Jesus took that sin in his hand and he bled so that we never have to do it again to slaughter but we have that immediate access to the almighty God But what really, as I was thinking about it, God reconciles all things through the cross. The cross is central. Christ is central. He reconciles all things. He makes all things perfect. And I was thinking about Sam's, um, well, the church's up, in, and out strategy. Strategy. And I was thinking, because of the cross and because of the blood, we have the up-access to the throne of God. We have the in-access with the sprinkling of the blood to cover our conscience and cleanse our conscience so that we are cleansed and made whole. But we actually also have the out And sometimes we forget that the out that actually this blood avails for all mankind and there has to be that reconciliation with others it manifests as that reaching out because you see if he can make us perfect up with access in that we have a sense that we are new. We have been born again. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Our minds are being renewed day in and day out. There is that manifestation that there has to be a flow outward to the world. And what I kept seeing as I was preparing were empty frames. Empty frames. And I'm saying, Lord, what does it mean? What are these empty frames? And he was saying, these are the loved ones, the family, the communities that I want brought back into place. I want them repositioned through the blood of the Lamb. I want those faces Back in their frames and you see it doesn't matter what the value is or what we think when we look at somebody who has offended us it doesn't matter to god the plastic frame is the same as the 4000 pound painting because of the blood of christ jesus And that really is what I'd like us to just sit for a minute and think about. Is there somebody? And you know, I've had to walk this walk. I've had to walk this walk. I was so full of hate and loathing and anger at my ex-husband. And actually, it wasn't through um, divine revelation that I recognized I had to forgive. That thing had to be restored. You see, if Jesus can restore you as the individual, he can restore your enemy. He can restore the person that has offended you. Because he loves everyone. And sometimes it's difficult, it's a bitter pill to, swill, um, uh, to take. But you see, it was somebody else who said, you know what? If you don't get yourself sorted out, girl, this bitterness in you, this anger, is going to affect your children. And that really, and I said, it wasn't divine. It wasn't Christian advice. (laughs) And God started this working because I recognized that the blood of Christ avails for all. And that whether it is a painting of 4,000 pounds or a two-pound plastic frame, before God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And as I started the journey of healing, the journey of forgiveness, because yes, there are some people, you get down on your knees, you pray, you forgive, forgiven, you stand up, it's all better. Others, it is a journey. But you know what I found is that the more I focused on Jesus, the more I took hold of my salvation, the more I took hold of this understanding that I am perfect before the throne of God, the more that bitterness and that anger faded into the distance. And one day I sort of woke up and I looked around and it was gone it was gone because of the blood of Jesus. And I really have a sense that today there are frames in our lives that stand empty. And God is saying, you know, I've restored you, I've forgiven you, you're washed in the blood. What is that face that needs to be restored? What relationship needs to be restored. The blood of Christ avails for everything. And you see, if he can restore us to God, he can restore that friendship, he can restore that relationship to its perfect place. If we believe for ourselves that we are restored, the power of the blood The power of the blood will cross that bridge to restore the relationship, the friendship. We can't do it in our own right. We can't do it in our own strength. But he says, my blood avails that all things are reconciled through the blood of Christ Jesus and I'd like us to just take a minute. Is there a face that comes to mind? where The Lord says, I want to restore that relationship today. I want to put that face in a frame. I have a frame prepared for that person. Perhaps it's an institution. Perhaps it's a country. It took me a long time to reconcile my head about what happened in South Africa. It breaks my heart. And I was angry, but I'd say, you know what, Lord, I let it go. I let it go. His blood, that cross, covers the abyss. It covers the chasm. It is drenched in the blood of Jesus. But those empty frames, who do they belong to in our lives? Father, I just want to thank you that for each one of us here, you have restored us, you've made us whole, that no matter what we feel like, that burden of sin, the burden of guilt, the burden of shame, the burden of fractious or non existent relationships, relationships that are broken down. Father, we repent and we say as individuals as a church sprinkle us with your blood and we bring those faces those empty frames lord we we bring them into submission to christ jesus and we say father god restore our relationships our friendships our connections, our networks, restore everything through the work of the cross. And Lord, as this coming week, those empty frames, Lord, we release those people to you, those faces to you, those portraits. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way so that all may come to worship the Lord in unity of spirit under the blood of Christ Jesus. Father, we give you all the glory. I just found that picture of empty frames being very, very powerful and I want to, to go away and use it. <coughs> and I know we like to have pictures of our, our kids on the wall and God's got so many children that aren't part of his church yet. And it'd be great if we can get that image of someone that we know, our children, our parents, our friends, our work colleagues, and think of them at the end of the Alpha course or at the end of this year, think of their picture in the empty frame on God's wall as uh, another one of his children that have found their way home. So thank you for that that empty frames.
0: And that, that chorus just came back to me. Boldly I approach your throne, blameless now I'm running home. By your blood I come, welcomed as your own, into the arms of majesty. We know that. But who else needs to know that? Lord, show us today who the faces are in those frames that we need to extend our forgiveness in the way that you've shown it to us. Thank you and amen.